Well, today I want to start a new three-part series called Connected to the Lamb. And I want to begin this series with a story that isn't often told. A story from the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel that very seldom do we hear people talk about. It's about the prophet Nathan, and it's about King David. And so I want you to listen to this story from Scripture, a story that is for all generations, a story that God has laid in my heart to share with you this morning. I want to have you listen to it through Scripture, then I want to unpack it and help us apply it this morning. So here's the Scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord sent Nathan to David, and when he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and grew it up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man, and he said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he, he did such a thing and had no pity. Folks, this is an, an awesome story. It's a story about a rich man, a poor man, and a lamb. And it's this story that God sent the prophet Nathan to tell King David this story. Now, as Nathan prepared to go to David, whom he had known for a long time, the prophet Nathan was now going to speak to a different David than he had known. Yes, he was the same David physically, but David was no longer the same. King David had changed. He was not the same David he was as he was a little shepherd boy. Not the same David that danced before the Lord, just crazy in front of all of the people of God, just dancing and worshiping God. Not the same guy that did that. Not the same man that we talk and think about most. A man whose heart beat for the Lord. That David that Nathan is preparing to speak to had now become rich. And now he had everything that a man could desire. King David had now stolen another man's wife. Her name was Bathsheba. And now this king had had her husband killed in the line of duty. This is the same David that, that once had a passion for God, but now as a rich and powerful king, had now decided that he can lie and murder and cover it up and get away with all of it. But God said to the prophet Nathan, you go tell David that I am now going to deal with his hidden sins in his life. So Nathan heads off to the palace to confront David about the sinful things he's done. And I wonder if Nathan begins to wonder, how in the world am I going to tell the king that he has sinned? 
What a responsibility. I wonder if he begins to wonder what in the world that I, can I say to David that will touch his heart, that will maybe turn his heart back to the kind of guy that I knew he once was. So I imagine as Nathan walks along the road to the palace that he's kind of walking along with his head down, thinking, praying, kicking a rock along the way as he goes, trying to say, God, how can I talk to King David? How can I reach this king who can commit adultery and not feel conviction and not be touched by it? Who can commit murder and not be convicted or, or touched by his act? Who can now lie and deceive and that not touch him after all you, God, have done for him in his life? This man that you've raised from the lowest place to the highest place, from the shepherd to the palace. This man that you've blessed again and again. How can I talk to him? When Nathan arrives at the palace because David so respected Nathan and they, they've had this long-term relationship, he allows Nathan to enter the palace. And David says, Nathan, why are you here? Nathan says, I've come to tell you a story. David says, tell me. So Nathan begins like this. There were two men who lived in the city. One was a poor man. One was a rich man. They, they lived in the same city. They spoke the same language. But there was a huge difference between them. The rich man had flocks and resources that far exceeded his needs. The rich man had thousands of servants and thousands upon thousands of sheep and cattle. The rich man had a name that was recognized in the community. His popularity and wealth were beyond measure. The rich man had it all. And I imagine by this time, David is listening really close because he started at the bottom with nothing, and now he had everything. David had now gotten a name for himself. He was now the famous warrior and king. He was kind of like a legend in his own time. People talked and wrote about King David and the great soldier that he was. People talked and wrote about how King David fought a lion and a bear to protect his shepherds, his sheep. Kids were now being taught to sing songs about King David. Parents were now even naming their kids David. King David was a legend in his own time. Nathan continues the story, he says, and in that city, same city there was a poor man. The poor man knows nothing about wealth. The poor man knows only poverty and scarcity. The poor man knows full well that no one knows his name. And the poor man's children grow up in a home where they learn to do without. Now, even though the rich man and the poor man live in the same city, they breathe the same air, they speak the same language, they're worlds apart until one day when their two lives overlap. When their two lives intersect, their lives overlapped when the rich man had a traveler come to his house for whom he wanted to prepare a special meal. And the rich man, rather than taking one of his own lambs, he had his shepherds go out to the poor man's house and take the only lamb he had. 
And then he had that lamb killed and dressed and cooked and fed to the traveler. And the rich man who had thousands of lambs thinks nothing of taking the poor man's only lamb. And with that, Nathan ends the story. Now, whenever you read the word lamb in the Bible, you ought to think about Jesus. Because in most cases, it's referring literally to Jesus who would come or Jesus the Savior. And in the Old Testament book of Exodus, it says, every man must present a lamb. Every house must bring a lamb. Not every man, but every house must bring a lamb. You see, under the old covenant, to give God a sacrifice that was acceptable and pleasing to God for the forgiveness of sins, you were to bring a lamb. Every man, every household was to bring the firstborn and the most perfect lamb to God as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. And we all know that on the day when Jesus entered Jerusalem for the very last time, he was offering himself to God the Father as the lamb to be the sacrifice given for the sins of every man and every house for all time. Isaiah chapter 53 says that this lamb would be led to the slaughterers as a lamb is led to slaughter. John the Baptist said about Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The book of Revelation reveals Jesus as the slain lamb, the worshipped lamb, the worthy lamb, the lamb on the throne, the lamb that opens the seals, the lamb that has wrath concerning sin, the lamb that multitudes gather around, the lamb that brings salvation, the lamb that bleeds, the overcoming lamb, the lamb that is followed, the lamb about whom there is a song, the lamb that goes to war, the lamb that has a marriage supper, the lamb that has 12 apostles, the lamb that provides light for all. Revelation, the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible is all about Jesus, the lamb. Amen? It's about the lamb. And in chapter 13, it says, and whoever's name is not found in that lamb's book of life is cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, listen, folks, you can get by without a lot of things in life, but every man needs a lamb. Amen. You can get by without a lot of things in life, but every house needs a lamb. Now, watch this. The rich man had thousands of lambs. The poor man, only one lamb. The poor man could not give his family any of the things that the rich man could give his. But the one thing that the poor man could give them was a lamb. The one thing the poor man could give them was a relationship with a lamb. Folks, get this. If the lamb of God is in your house... If the lamb is loved and worshipped in your house, that is greater than any inheritance you could ever leave your family. It is greater. A relationship with the lamb is greater than any amount of education you could give to your family. A relationship with the lamb is greater than any athletic or artistic skill that you could ever give to them. And most of you know that I'm all for study, I'm all for work, I'm all for practice. But there is no greater thing that you can give to your family than a love and a passion and a commitment to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And if you're doing that, parents, you are a success. Amen? You are a great success. 
if you give them the lamb. Now, the poor man may have felt unsuccessful just because he couldn't give his kids what the rich man could. But he gave them the most important thing a man can give his family, the lamb. Now, listen, the Bible says that the poor man's family loved the lamb so much that they moved it into their house and they let it eat at their table. The lamb lived with them. The lamb ate with them. That's what your Bible says. Check it out. Now, I'm okay with pets. I have to be because my kids have given me two grandkids, but between all of my kids, they've also given me four grand dogs and two grand bunnies. <laughs> so I got to be okay with pets. But I'm going to tell you, when my kids come over to the house for dinner, everybody's going to have a seat at the table, but not the dogs and not the bunnies. They're not going to sit and eat at my table. And yet at the poor man's house, even the lamb had a seat at the table. And get this, the Bible says... And they all drank from the same cup. Everybody say, you with me. Come on, you. They drank from the same cup. Now, most all of you know, I was raised in a farm. I fed lambs. I have bottle fed lambs. And you know what? They slobber. They slobber really bad. And at the poor man's house, there wasn't some dishwasher sterilized glass for each person at the table. No, there was one cup, <laughs> just one, one for all and all for one. So dad took a sip, mom took a sip, the lamb took a slip, sip and slobbered. <laughs> Missy took a sip. That's how it was at this man's house with the lamb. That's how it was. They loved the lamb. This family had communion with the lamb. One cup was shared with one lamb because the poor man's family had a love for their lamb. He was not kept outside. He was not kept outside from the family, away from the family. Their lamb was kept inside the house. He was kept close to every member of the family. Their lamb was not a pet that they, they went to see and pet on Sunday. No, he was a part of their family. He was a part of their, their home life. They did everything with him by their side. In other words, they did life with the lamb. Folks, that's what Christianity really is. Christianity is doing all of life with Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God. You see, it's not just about going to church on Sunday and petting the Lamb and saying, I'll see you next week. Raising a hand to the Lamb and saying, I'll see you next week. No, Christianity is walking and talking and dining with the Lamb of God every day, every night. And it breaks my heart when I read the book of Revelation that in the last days there will be a turning away from the Lamb, a turning away, a following away, a turning to other things, things other than the Lamb. The Bible says there will be a falling away, and I'm seeing that happen today. People who, who used to have a heart for God, 
who used to be vitally connected to the Lamb, are now neglecting Him in pursuit of other things. Many are neglecting the one thing that every man and every house needs, and that is the Lamb. Folks, if that is you, today is the day to return to the Lamb with all of your heart. It's time to invite the Lamb back into your heart, back into your house, back to your table, back to the the lordship over your calendars, lordship over your activities. Because when it's all boiled down, the only thing that your family and your house really needs is the Lamb. Amen? The Lamb that was slain for the forgiveness of sins. The lamb that was raised from the dead. The lamb that sits on the throne. The lamb that's preparing a place in heaven for all who love him and follow him. Every man, every house needs that lamb. So folks, if you want the abundant life that the lamb came to offer, that abundant life in your house, invite the lamb inside your house. If you want a marriage that's fulfilling and enduring. Get the lamb inside your home. If you want to raise your children to be ones that will honor God, get the lamb inside your house. Leave your kids with something more than an education. Leave them with something more than some family memories. Leave them with something more than an inheritance. Leave them the lamb. You see, one day you're going to be dead and gone. But if you have left them the lamb, they will never, ever be alone. Maybe you can't give your kids some of the luxuries of life. Or maybe you can. And if you can, that's wonderful. But if you give them a knowledge and a love for the lamb, if you help them to learn to live life with the lamb, And you have not only given them the very best gift for living life here and now, but you've led them to the only one who can give them life eternal. Parents, do all you can to leave them with the Lamb. If you can get your kids to worship the Lamb, if you can get them to follow the Lamb, if you can get them to live like the Lamb, if you can get them to say with their lips and mean it, worthy is the Lamb, then you are a success. Now, the poor man had what King David no longer had. The poor man had a love for the lamb. He had, David now had too many lambs to focus on, thousands. He had thousands of lambs, thousands of shepherds, and so he was no longer in a relationship with the lamb like he used to be as a shepherd boy. Instead, he now hired other people to stay close to the lamb. The poor man had what King David no longer had, a personal bond, a personal relationship with the lamb. Now, there was a time when David was close to the lamb. He had a relationship. There was a time when David was called a man after God's own heart. But now David was closer and more connected to everything that his fame and his his fortune and his power had brought to him than he was to the lamb. Somehow he had had moved the lamb 
away from his heart and pulled close to his heart all the things that fame and fortune and power had brought to him. Somehow he had disconnected himself from a relationship with the Lamb. Now, kids who are raised on a farm are seldom allowed to give a name to the livestock. If you're raised on a farm, you know why. If you give a name to some, some animal, you might develop a bond with them. I wasn't allowed to give a name to our animals because my father knew that there might come a day when that animal would stop producing milk or stop producing eggs. There might come a day when that animal is going to be killed and its meat put in the freezer for their family to live on. And I'm afraid that many of us treat Jesus, the Lamb of God, in, in the same way. Jesus, as long as you're producing for me, I'm going to stay connected to you. But the day that you stop producing for me, the day that you let me go through a season of financial struggle or physical struggle or whatever struggle, I'm going to be done with you. I'm going to replace you with other things to help me get through. Sometimes we treat Jesus, the lamb, that way. And from that point on, as, as you connect yourself to other things and you look to other things, it's easy to kill your relationship with the Lamb of God, to kill your connection with the Lamb of God. It's easy to cut the Lamb off. It's easy to give up the Lamb for anything or anybody that happens to travel into your life and you end up, like King David, far from the Lamb. Folks, our generation needs to draw close to the Lamb. Our generation needs to embrace the Lamb, bond with the Lamb. We need to reconnect with the Lamb. I want to encourage you to put the Lamb right in the center of your heart, in the center of your life, in the center of your house, and keep Him there. You see, the poor man had one thing the rich man didn't have, a relationship with the Lamb. So the question is, do you possess what the poor man had? A relationship with the lamb. Now, when Nathan finished telling David what the rich man did to the poor man, David's heart was stirred. Somehow his shepherd's heart, the heart that used to love the lamb, began to stir within him. The heart that caused David in the past to stand up to lions and bears that threatened to kill the lamb. The same heart that caused him to stand up and face and kill Goliath because Goliath was threatening the people of God. That heart began to stir once again. Then the Bible says David burned with anger and pronounced a judgment of death on the man who stole the, stole the poor man's lamb. And then Nathan says, get this, to David, look at this. You are that man. Whoa. Would you like to tell the king that? You are that man. And at that moment, I imagine that the color drained from David's face as he realized what he had done. Look at what the scripture says. 
Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I and I anointed you over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? And then it says, you struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. And then he goes on and says, before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Everybody say, wow, <laughs> man, at that moment, David, with a broken heart, confessed his sin. David said to Nathan, look at this, I have sinned against the Lord. Folks, it is time to repent of all sin. It is time to connect with the Lamb of God once again. It is time to make the Lamb of God the center of your life once again. It is time to make the Lamb of God the center of your house once again. It's time to make the Lamb of God known to the kids in your house. Are you doing that? Is He the center of your house? Do the kids know something more than we just get up and go to church on Sundays? But do you talk about the lamb with your kids in your house? Do you worship the lamb in your house? Do you honor the lamb in your house? Do you make time to, to read the Bible with your children about the lamb in your house? Is the lamb the center of your life in your house? If God's spirit has convicted your heart, that maybe like David, you have moved away from the Lamb. That you have disconnected from the Lamb. Would you reconnect this morning? Would you connect with the Lamb today? Would you bow your heads? If you are ready to do that, here's a way that you can start. I'd like for you to make a physical visible move that says to God, I'm here to connect with you. So if you are a man, would you signal to the lamb this morning by standing, saying, I want to connect with you. Men, if you want to connect, would you just stand wherever you are? Just stand. If you are a woman, would you signal to the lamb by you standing that you want to connect with him. If you are a married man and your spouse is with you, would you signal to your spouse by taking her hand that you want the lamb in your house? And if you're a married woman, would you signal to your spouse by squeezing his hand that you want the lamb in your house? If you're a single man or a single woman, would you just extend an open hand to Jesus and signal to him you want him in your house. 
And then would you pray this prayer in your heart? Father, I confess that I have sinned. I confess that I have moved away from the Lamb like David. Forgive me. I want to connect with you. So I invite you, Jesus, Lamb of God, into my life and into my house. Come, Lamb of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we just stand in your presence. And we want to be a generation. We want to be a church that is truly connected and in communion with you. The Lamb of God. We pray in Jesus' precious and holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen.